Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. It is Sunday, uh, November 8th, uh, Sunday night. <laughs> uh, hopefully everybody everybody enjoyed the weekend. I know I certainly did. <laughs> a lot of great football, college basketball, getting rolling here. Um, but yeah, we're back with the BT Powerhouse podcast. Uh, my name is Thomas Bendit. I'm the manager of the site. And we are continuing our, our season preview series here. And we're almost to the end. We, we only have two teams left. And one of those two teams uh, are the Indiana Hoosiers, clearly a one of the one of the more storied teams in in Big Ten history, looking to kind of continue last season's progress and upward swing into this year. And uh, at least at least in Bloomington, they're hoping for <laughs> uh, even a little more than you know an NCAA tournament appearance and. Um, some some really solid wins, um, including uh, some big big non-conference wins. But but Indiana looking to to make progress. They bring back most of last year's team, um, of course, including Yogi Ferrell and James Blackman. Um, adding some some big recruits this year, and and it looks like it could be an uh, an exciting season uh, for the Hoosiers. But to help us break it down, we have uh, Alex from Two Four Seven Sports. Uh, Alex, how's it going? Not too bad, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Alex, if you want to take a second to just introduce yourself, I, I think this is your first time with us on the podcast, but just introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure, yeah, this is my first time, and uh, I'm excited to be on. Um, yeah, I'm Alex McCarthy. I'm, I'm in Bloomington, obviously. I've worked for 24-7 Sports for um, about a part of three years now, I guess, or two years. Um, full-time, and then before that, I was an intern. Uh, when I was a student here at IU, I, I interned with them. And so I've been covering the football team for five years, the basketball team for four, and um, it's it's been an interesting ride. It's been it's been a weird few years down here, very <laughs> up and down, especially with the men's basketball program, where, you know, the first year I covered them, they were the preseason number one, and, and there was so much excitement around that team. And then the next season, they missed the postseason as a whole, didn't even make the NIT. Um, and has kind of gotten back to this point where they're a top 25 team, top 15 team, uh, according to the AP poll. And um, like you said, they return a bunch of people. They they add a couple guys who are going to be huge difference makers, um, at least in theory, on paper. So it, it should be an interesting season. Yeah, yeah. I, I usually start out with the uh, you know general perception on the season, but you already got me there. So, uh, <laughs> um, so one of the things before we kind of dive into the team and the roster, um, I did want to ask you about is you know obviously there's at least there's a lot of I, I guess I should call it pressure on on Tom Crean, a lot of pressure to kind of turn the next step, you know, contend at the top of the Big Ten. Um, is this kind of a do or die season for Indiana or do you feel, you know, it's just another uh, kind of growth season for this team? Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting that because this season 
they have a bunch of guys who are going to be gone next year. I mean, Gilby Farrell is 100% going to be gone after next season. Troy Williams probably, I would say, if he has a decent season, he's probably going to be gone. Um, and then you have some fairly good role players. Um, you know, Nick Seisloff is going to be gone. Um, but And Max Bielfeld, who, who transferred from Michigan, is is going to be gone. But um, so, so that kind of puts a lot of pressure on the season in that you kind of got to do it now. If, if you're going to go past the Sweet 16, which Indiana wants to do, which they haven't done under Tom Crean, it's pretty much got to be this season. And uh, as a lot of people have noticed, you know, throughout the country, the um, the Tom Crean buyout is, is a huge kind of topic of, of conversation, all that stuff. And that's dropping as the years go by. So there's a little bit of, there's obviously a little bit of pressure to win now. There's always pressure to win now at Indiana. Um, but I, I still think, um, I still think he's fairly safe. I don't think his seat is too hot. I, I think as long as Indiana does what it, it can do on the court, uh, which is it, it's going to win games, it's going to. This is definitely an NCAA tournament team. This is a team that can make it to the second weekend at least. Um, if they do, you know what they can do. Or I guess if they do what they're capable of. I think he'll be fine. And even if they fall a little bit short, I think that that seat's going to heat up certainly. But he he recruits well enough where he can kind of fill in a couple of the gaps. So I, I'm not sure if it, he's really. I'm not sure if do or die exactly works for this season, but it's it's do or you're in trouble, basically. Um, <laughs> so it's it, it's definitely a big season for him and for this team. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely in agreement. Um, yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting. I think he's kind of on that pendulum between you know really hot seat and really uh, you know fans really liking the direction of the program. So it's an interesting balance, but. Um, but obviously, jumping into this team, um, if this team is going to have success, it's going to start with the backcourt. Um, one of the Big Ten's most loaded guards, uh, group of guards, probably one of the country's best group. Um, what do you expect out of the backcourt? Um, who, who should fans watch? And I guess, you know, it's kind of a proven group. So who, who's maybe a newcomer who could step in uh, uh, off the bench? Yeah, that, that's the kind of interesting thing about this backcourt is is at the top it's it's as good as really any in the Big Ten or in the country. Like you said, I mean Yogi Ferrell is one of the best point guards in the country. James Blackman is going to be one of the leading scorers in the Big Ten this year probably. And then uh, Robert Johnson is, is a pretty capable guy, but there's not a huge amount of depth after that. I mean, if if one of them gets into foul trouble or if there's an injury or something like that. Uh, there isn't that much really behind them. I mean, there, there's they basically have a rotation of four guys who are going to be playing in the backcourt. It's going to be Farrell Blackman, Rob Johnson, and Nick Seisloff. And um, and Seisloff actually was one of the more efficient players in the country if you look at um, Ken Palm stuff and things like that. So he's no slouch off the bench. I mean, he's going to be one of the first guys to come off the bench. And he doesn't, you know, he's not going to score 15 points a game or anything like that. But he's he's going to hit threes. He's not going to turn it over. Um, He's, he's going to take smart shots. So he's definitely kind of a, you know, it's a cliche term. He's a little bit of an X factor off the bench, a guy who can, can really give you some quality minutes, at least on the offensive end. You know, defensively, he's a little bit of a liability. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me, beyond those four guys, there really isn't anyone after that who, who's proven much at all. I mean, there's Harrison Nigo, who's a freshman walk-on, um, who – uh, I, I don't. I mean, he didn't even play much in the uh, in the exhibition game the other night against Ottawa. So I don't expect him to be a huge part of it. But that's the thing is that excuse me, Indiana's going to need to get a lot out of out of Farrell and Blackman and Johnson and Vaislav because um, after that there's there's not a huge amount of depth, which is which is weird because 
they have, you know, it seems like they, they shoot the ball so well. I mean, they have guys like, like Colin Hartman um, who, can, who can shoot the three extremely well. Uh, but he's he's a forward. Obviously, he's not going to be bringing the ball up or anything like that, playing back up to, to Farrell or, or Blackman or anything like that. Um, but they just don't have that many guys guys who can handle the ball and who can make sound decisions with the ball in their hands. So, um, you know, we noticed last year a little bit watching these games that when, when Farrell was off the court, which wasn't that much time. I mean, he played, you know, 33, 34 minutes a game, um, 35 minutes a game, actually. Um, when he was off the court, things really slowed down for Indiana. As potent as it was, uh, it, the, the ball wasn't moving nearly as much. But just it was a little bit out of whack. So um, he is—he's obviously the, the linchpin of this team. He's the most important player. He's the best player, um, and it's a lot of it's going to kind of rest on his shoulders of, of how well this team can do. But he's—he's he's got Blackman alongside him. He's got Johnson. He's got Zeisloff. And those guys can shoot the ball like crazy. It's—it's. It's, Pretty impressive to watch during warm-ups and things like that, um, just how smooth they are with the jumpers. So um, there's not a whole lot of depth there, but the talent that is there is is pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's a loaded group. Um, not necessarily the deepest, as you said, but, I mean, you have multiple guys who re- realistically could contend for all Big Ten status. Um, and, and one of the things I, I did kind of want to ask is, you know, I think Big Ten fans are, they're pretty familiar with Yogi Ferrell, you know, by this point. Um, I think he made one of those Sports Illustrated, you know, like guys who have been around forever teams or something yeah. coming into this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but James Blackman is a little bit more of an unknown quantity. Um, could, could you tell, I guess, uh, the listeners about how good can he be if he does kind of hit his ceiling? Yeah, I mean he's he's an incredible scorer. Um, he's in the first two in, in the open scrimmage Indiana had last weekend and in the exhibition earlier this week. And again, it's not like those are against great competition or anything, anything like that. Mm-hmm. He's been their leading scorer in both. Uh, his jump shot has looked fantastic. He was, you know, he's one of those Indiana, um, you know, Indiana high school guys who grows up with a basketball in his hand and he's shooting all the time. And he just he looks so smooth. It looks like he was, you know, just naturally kind of born with this ability to shoot the ball. I mean, he, he kind of was. His dad went to, went to Kentucky and um, played professionally for a little bit. Um, but so, so he has one of the smoothest jump shots that you're, that you're basically ever going to see. Um, it, it's, um, it, it seems like every time it leaves his hand, it, it's going to go in. So the shooting is really the thing that, that a lot of people knew about him coming out of high school, or at least a lot of Indiana fans knew about him coming out of high school, and then he proved last year that he can score in, in a number of ways. He's athletic enough to kind of flash inside and, and beat guys off the dribble and, and get open layups, get open things in the paint. Uh, he was able to do that well. He was able to get to the free throw line very well, and surprisingly, he was actually he's 6'4", and, and he's very athletic, so I guess it's not a huge surprise. Um, but just in, in the sense that he's you know one of the starting guards on this team, he was one of the uh, he, he was second on the team in rebounding last year, um, so it, it's kind of a um, a surprising thing that that he rebounds so well, and when he does that, uh, you know, especially when he gets defensive rebounds, um, he can really help kind of jumpstart the off, the offense because um, he's a pretty good passer. He uh, I think he had six assists without a turnover in the exhibition game the other night, um, yeah. and that's somewhere where I think he's really starting to grow. Is that and and that's where he expects guys to grow from freshman to sophomore year. It's, he's starting to make better decisions with the ball. He's not just 
you know, kind of playing with his head down and, and trying to drive past people and score. He's starting to look around, and he's starting to really appreciate that the guys around him are, are pretty good. I mean, he's playing next to Yogi Ferrell. He's playing next to, um, you know, he's going to be playing with Troy Williams, with Thomas Bryant. So um, I think that's kind of an area of his, of his game that we might see um, start to come through this season and start to really improve. The question for him is going to be about effort on a defensive end, quite frankly. Um, there were times last year, and you get this with, with freshmen who score like crazy. I mean, you know, they've come up through high school, through AAU, everything like that, with the ability to score 25 a game. And so they don't really play that hard on the, on the defensive end. Well, last year that, that got exposed um, kind of routinely where he was um, either not, not playing as hard as maybe he could on the defensive end or he just didn't really have kind of the fundamentals there. He wasn't um, really keeping guys in front of him, things like that. So that's an area of his game that, that Indiana really wants to, to be improved. And, and he's kind of an indication of the team as a whole uh, because the, the offense is, is fantastic. I mean, Sports Illustrated ranked it as um, the top offense in the country going into the season. And, um, and, and so they can score like crazy, but on the defensive end, they, they, just, uh, they, they just didn't have it last year. And I think Blackman's a real um, – kind of he, he symbolizes that a little bit, where, where he's a fantastic offensive player who sometimes, you know, kind of lapses on defense and things like that. So um, he's a very diverse offensive player, uh, you know, long story short, but uh, on the defensive end, they still want a little bit more out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he'll he'll be an interesting player to watch. I know he was obviously one of the Big Ten's best freshmen uh, in the conference last year, so definitely a player who could kind of come into his own uh, this season and, and elevate the Hoosiers. Um, but but moving on from there into the wing group, um, not doesn't appear on paper to be quite as good of a <laughs> a positional group, but uh, they do have Troy Williams. They do have a few uh, nice pieces behind them, some newcomers. Um, what do you expect out of the wing group this year for Indiana? Yeah, I mean, Troy Williams, um, weirdly, has been a little bit overlooked. I guess that's just because he's, you know, playing alongside Yogi Ferrell. He's playing with a guy who's supposed to be one of the better freshmen in, in the conference and in the country, and I'm sure we'll get to him in Thomas Bryant. But um, Troy Williams, is, I mean, he's a legit NBA talent. I mean, it, he was very close to leaving a few months ago, you know, after, the se- after his sophomore season ended. Decided to come back, stay, finish his degree, all that stuff. Um, but he's he's really starting to add other aspects to his game as well. I mean, he's he's insanely, incredibly athletic. He can jump absolutely out of the building. He was Indiana's leading rebounder last year, um, and he's just um, – I, I was talking to his high school coach a couple weeks ago, actually, uh, just about this, and it, he's always just kind of had this knack for 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 being able to know where the ball is going to be, you know, when it falls off the rim. And he's always been – in total attack mode on offense. He's always slashing inside and, and just jumping over people, um, you know, whether it's for rebounds, whether it's for dunks, whether it's for, for any of that kind of stuff. So he's super crazy athletic. Um, but he, he's still trying to add a little bit of a three-point shot. He's still trying to work on his defense just like um, just like Blackman is. And, and the thing about Williams is that he certainly has the capability to be a really, really good defender just because he's, he's, he's long, he's super athletic, and um, and he seems to have a good, at least, head for the game. Uh, he seems to know it pretty well. Um, you know, he, he came up playing with, with a lot of really, really good players. His uncle is Boo Williams, who's one of the more legendary AAU coaches. So he's always been surrounded by really talented basketball players. And so he knows the game very well. He gets it. He's quick, um, you know, mentally. Uh, but just needs to add a little bit of a, 
more of an emphasis on defense. And it's kind of the same thing with Blackman, where there would just be kind of lapses in focus at times for, for Williams on the defensive end. And his three-point shot does look a lot better. He actually won the three-point competition um, at Indiana's Kusher Asteria, which is like, like their midnight madness kind of thing. Um, not that that really means that much. I mean, Cody Zeller won the three-point competition a few years ago and then took like four threes all season or something like that. So um, not that that's a huge indication, but but Williams does seem to be having a little bit more of a, a well-rounded offensive game. So he's certainly the guy to look for there. And then Colin Hartman, um, who has been limited a little bit with injury, during this offseason or during the past month or so of practice, um, he was one of the more surprising guys, at least on Indiana's team and maybe in the conference as a whole last year, because Indiana was was very much undersized and, and they ended up having to play Hartman, who's six seven, um, in the post. You know, playing against, you know, I think the first game that he that he played center was against Nana Eglu, who's like seven feet from Illinois. It, it was just bizarre to watch him, you know, try and compete with him for rebounds and things like that. So he, he's a fairly versatile player. And this year, because Indiana added a couple pieces, um, a couple of new freshmen, he doesn't have to play in the paint as much. He can actually play a little bit on the perimeter. And, and he's another guy who, who grew up in Indiana and, and is one of those kind of cliche Indiana shooters, you know, who's um, very similar to Blackman in that, in that he just looks natural when he when he gets a the ball in the corner and, and hit the three. So um, he can shoot a little bit. He can play a little bit of defense. He can just do a little bit of everything. I mean, he's a guy who's going to come off the bench, give you 15 minutes a night, 20 minutes a night, and he's going to fight for rebounds, for loose balls. Um, he's going to work his butt off on defense, and, and he's going to give you a couple threes. So um, <clears throat> that's kind of kind of what Hartman gives you. And then there are a couple kind of question marks um, in, in terms of newcomers. I mean, um, you know, once we get into the the front court a little bit, I mean, it's it's um, Cole, the new guys, Jawan Morgan and OG Ananobi, um, you know, are, are going to be playing in that four to five range a little bit, and, and they'll be offering a little bit of um, you know a little bit of of rebounding, a little bit of athleticism. Um, they're certainly going to be able to to step out and shoot a little bit. I mean, that's what Tom Crean recruits. He always tries to get his big men um, as, as guys who can step back and, and score away from the basket. So. There's going to be a little bit of that. But, I mean, the main focus for Indiana at, at the wing position is Troy Williams because he, he has the potential to be the best player. I mean, one of the more effective players on this team. He, he's dynamic. He's um, very talented, and, and he can um, he can certainly make things happen on the court. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, really, a, really a player that a lot of people are kind of curious about. And I know you did kind of talk about it a little bit. Um, and I know you, you're not an NBA, you know, writer or draft analyst, you know, Chad Ford or something. Uh, but, you know, I, I get a lot of pushback and I get a lot of questions from people who don't follow Indiana that closely about Troy Williams. You know, they see him as a potential, you know, first round pick. I think even on a couple, he's like in the lottery or something like that. Um, do you buy into that? Do you think he can go that high and, and be a real NBA player? Yeah, I, I absolutely think he can. I mean, just just looking at him in high school, even it was just like, wow, this guy. And once he kind of starts playing the game in control a little bit more, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a stud. He's gonna be uh, he has NBA kind of written all over him in terms of his physical tools and in terms of how well he knows the game. Uh, he can certainly, I, I think he can definitely be a first round pick. I mean, his ceiling is very very high, um, and he he can you know he can he can jump. 
high enough to, to hit that <laughs> ceiling, basically, in, in a couple of ways. Um, but it, it really just comes down to you need to play in control a little bit more. Um, he, in the exhibition the other night, I think he turned the ball over six times, which is not, I mean, it's not something you want out of a guy who's a junior and who's supposed to be one of your best players. So once he kind of kind of gets that under control a little bit, he, I think he can really have a, a well-polished offensive game. A lot of people, and this, I don't know, people around Indiana um, who are, you know, big Indiana fans and, and very optimistic about things like this, um, they tend to compare basically like everybody to because, you know, Victor came in a few years ago and was, was not super highly ranked and, and um, was really kind of a loose cannon his freshman year. He was re- really athletic, but just like threw the ball all over the place and, and lost his dribble all the time. And then year after year, he just he added a new kind of aspect to his game where, you know, from he was a decent defender freshman year and then he became um, a good ball handler sophomore year and he, he added a three-point shot junior year and was also one of the better defenders in the, on-ball defenders in the country. Um, and so everyone kind of wants to see that kind of progression in Troy Williams. They want to see him add <clears throat> add something every year and, and kind of fulfill this amount of athleticism that he has because um, the tools are there. I mean, it was clear, you know, as soon as Victor Oladipo came here, it was clear that the, the physical tools were there, uh, that he was just an absolute freak. And the same thing with Troy is that as soon as he got here, people looked at him and they thought, oh, my goodness, like this guy could – could be incredible, and he could he could be one of the better players in the Big Ten and, and on this team. So it's, it, IU fans have basically been waiting for him to kind of fulfill that um, that expectation. And I think if he does, then he's he's definitely an NBA prospect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's just an interesting thing because it seems like a lot of people are always shocked when when they hear that he's projected mm-hmm. to go that high. But um, yeah, everything I've seen, you know, and and obviously the experts. Well, so-called experts, I should say, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. say that uh, yeah, he's a he's a big-time NBA prospect. So that'll be something to watch, uh, especially for Hoosier fans, hoping that he'll come back for another year. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, I guess uh, moving moving on to the front court. Um, before we jump into this team, that you know, this positional group, um, one of the things I did want to kind of talk about is obviously there was a lot of attrition uh, in the front court. There's been mm-hmm. a lot of attrition over the last couple of years. Um, and people always ask, you know, what's going on? Are they kind of forcing guys out or, you know, trying to get into over-signing or something like this? And and the front court is obviously an area that's been hit pretty hard. Um, with Mas Pereira gone, uh, Emmett Hold is now gone, uh, April's gone. Uh, you know, just a lot of guys have, have left over the last couple of years. Um, first, what, what's kind of your take on that? Um, is it a sign? Is it a long-term systematic thing? Uh, or... And and how is that going to impact the team this year, in your opinion? Yeah, with the – I mean, there have been over the past, you know, five or six years, I guess, um, there have been a lot of guys who have, you know, had eligibility remaining and have, have elected to go elsewhere and, and, and transfer. And um, a lot of it um, has been very convenient, quite frankly, for Indiana in terms of, you know, the, like you mentioned, they oversign. Um, they regularly oversign and, and – um, you know, offer too many scholarships and everything like that, um, and then somebody has to transfer in the spring, basically. And, and um, you know, there, there's there's a little bit of um, guys kind of expecting to to transfer away at some point. And I guess 
um, in Korean no far in advance, so he can he can offer the you know he can offer those scholarships. Um, there have, there's definitely been been rumblings around here about you know who's, guys getting forced out in, in previous years, but um, I don't think that's as much of a problem anymore. Um, I think that the, the recent um, attrition that that you refer to is um, it's been guys getting kicked off the team for off the court issues, and and that's possibly even more concerning than than oversigning and and you know, basically telling guys to go elsewhere is that um, there's just been this string of, and Indiana's got a ton of national um, attention because of it, but there's, there's been a string of off-the-court issues. Um, you know, there's the one a year ago this time uh, where where Devin Davis um, got hit by, a, you know, jumped in front of a car that was driven by his teammate Emmett Holt. Uh, both of them are gone. Um, you know, Davis uh, transferred away to a um, – to a school in Texas, um, Emmett Holt is, is transferred or you know was dismissed. Um, I guess yeah, Davis was dismissed earlier this summer along with with Mascara Perea for um, you know for for a marijuana citation, and then then Holt was dismissed uh, a couple months ago for being caught with alcohol underage, and and that's been something that people have just gone crazy about around here and around the country of just like um, you know is is this team out of control? Can, can Tom Crean control these guys? Uh, and that, that as much as anything, is, is why people have been um, not necessarily calling for his head, but but if the leash is getting a little bit shorter because of that. Um, so, yeah, there, there's been a ton of attrition, you know, in recent years, especially in that front court. I mean, even going back um, a few years ago when Luke Fisher was um, a, a pretty highly regarded, um, you know, forward who, who committed to IU and came here and um, was here for a semester and then transferred away in the middle of the season to Marquette. Um, you know, that kind of began this string of a bunch of front court guys leaving. You mentioned Jeremiah April, who, you know, wouldn't have been much of a factor, but he's still a seven-footer who could have, you know, taken up a space in that front court at least. But, um, so they've lost a lot of that, and, they've, you know, because of that, there isn't that much depth there. Um, there isn't much, you know, beyond Thomas Bryant, um, who's, who's a freshman coming in, who's, who's supposed to, you know, McDonald's All-American stud, all that stuff. Um, behind him, you know, in terms of backup centers, there just isn't really anyone who's a true center behind him. And, and he's a freshman, and he's a center, and he's going to get in foul trouble. I mean, that's there's no way around it. So Indiana's going to have to figure out ways to to use guys who are six eight, six nine, somewhere around there to to fill that void in the middle, or maybe use a couple guys. Um, so so that's a little bit of an issue for Indiana um, because of those departures, because of those dismissals. Is that um, not necessarily – those guys weren't great. I mean, Emmett Holt probably would have been um, maybe not a starter, but he would have been right right in that conversation um, if he hadn't gotten dismissed. Um, and he was he was re- rebounding really well at the end of the year, had a good game against Wichita State in the, uh, in the NCAA tournament. So he was definitely the biggest loss, I think, of, of this offseason. I mean, Mascara Perea, he had his chance to, to be Indiana's starting center and just couldn't really do anything with it. Um, he just couldn't put it all together, um, you know, either on the court or off the court, court quite frankly. Um, so it's just, it's cut their depth a little bit and they're going to have to lean heavily on Thomas Bryant, on Max Bielfeld, and and now on a couple freshmen too, and, and Juwan Morgan and OG and Obi. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely in agreement. And um, obviously, you know, you, you hit a little bit on the front court, um, who they're going to have mm-hmm. to kind of rely on here. Um I guess I guess the biggest question. I mean, you know, frankly, uh, you know, I'm I'm a Michigan guy. I follow Michigan. Uh, I'm a Michigan fan, uh, so I've followed Beefeld a lot. And 
to me, this front court is going to revolve around Thomas Bryant. Uh, you know, not not to minimize Beefelt at all. Um, mm-hmm. I think he'll be a solid bench guy, but it, it just looks like a position group that it's going to be Thomas Bryant and everybody else. Um, can Bryant kind of live up to the hype? And and do you think that's a good recipe for Indiana this year? Uh, it, it's not an ideal recipe, certainly. I don't think it's the one that they were really planning on when they got um, when they got Thomas Bryant to commit in the spring. I think they really wanted to. Um, to bring along Emmett Holt and kind of have him play alongside Bryant or to, to have to play a three-guard lineup, which is what they did all of last season. But it was kind of interesting. They went with a lineup in the exhibition game the other night. Um, they went with a lineup of, of Farrell and Blackman and Trey Williams, and then um, they had Max Bielfeld actually starting at the four and Thomas Bryant at the five. And Bielfeld, I mean, like you said, he, he's not – and I've you know watched Michigan games – uh, for years too, is um, mm-hmm. that you know Bielfeld's not going to be a first team, second team, ten anything, but um, he's kind of exactly what Indiana needs right now. Is that he's a he's an experienced player. He's pretty smart. He knows he's played in the Big Ten for four years. I mean, he knows all these teams, and mm-hmm. he's surrounded by freshmen in that front court. I mean, Bryant, the true freshman, Jawan Morgan, the true freshman. Um, Colin Hartman is a junior, but um, hasn't really played a huge amount until last year. Uh, so he's still fairly inexperienced. So a lot of those forwards and, and front court players are very, very inexperienced. And Bielsfeld's going to have to play that role of, you know, Tom Crean has, has said that he wants Bielsfeld to basically be his quarterback in the back, in, in the um, in the front court, um, just to, to kind of communicate with guys, make sure they're talking, make sure they're moving, make sure they're, um, you know, kind of where they're supposed to be and things like that. So I think Bielsfeld will He'll play a, a fairly significant role, at least early on. I think Indiana's going to lean on him a little bit early, and then I, I think ideally they would kind of um, have more minutes go to go to those younger guys like Jalen Morgan. Um, but but on the point about Bryant, um, so far he, he looks great. I mean, he had a double-double in the, uh, in the exhibition game the other night. And, again, you can't judge too much based on an exhibition game. But mm-hmm. um, he, he played well. He looks like he wasn't – um, totally lost out there, which is, you know, a lot of freshmen when they first get out there against an actual opponent, um, the game is very fast and they kind of get lost and things like that. And, and that didn't happen very often with Bryant. He, uh, there are some times where he maybe tried to play a little bit too quickly, I think. Um, he was only, I think, something like uh, 5 for 16 or something like that, 6 for 16 from the floor, which, mm-hmm. you, you know, you want that to be much better. But he, I don't know, he, he gives you a lot on both ends of the floor. And I think... The main thing that he gives Indiana is, is he gives some them a rim protector. He gives them somebody to play defense in the post because they really haven't had that since Cody Zeller, basically. I mean, no Vonley was there, but he, he didn't really play like a 6'9 guy. He, he really wanted to play on the perimeter. He, he wanted to shoot. He wanted to almost be more of a, excuse me, more of a, kind of a wing um, than a center. And in Bryant, they have a guy who's 6'10". He's built like a center. He's, he's, has that mentality where he wants to block shots, he wants to body up on guys and post people up. And so that's really helpful to kind of have that mentality of, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna block the shot, I'm gonna alter the shot, and I'm gonna play hard on defense. And that's that's something Indiana's been missing for a while, is a guy who really, really plays hard in the post on defense. So um I think that's where it's gonna help them the most because now that they have a guy who can kind of be that back line of defense and be that rim protector Indiana's guards and, and, and wings can go out and they can pressure the ball a little bit more. They can press a little bit more. They can they can even experiment with a little bit of full-court stuff. 
which they've done a little bit in open scrimmages and things like that. But <laughs> they've, they've, they've really, really wanted to play with a lot more pressure on the defensive side of the ball. They, they want to, you know, get up in, in guys' faces and things like that. And in past years, they just haven't, you know, like if, if Yogi Ferrell's going up and he's, he's getting in, in somebody's face, if that guy beats him, then there isn't necessarily somebody back there who can who can really play reliable defense in the post and everything like that. So um, with Bryant, they get that. And, and so I think Bryant impacts them almost as much on the defensive end as he, as he does offensively because offensively, you're going to lean on Yogi Ferrell and James Blackman and Troy Williams a little bit. But defensively, Bryant's going to play a huge, huge role. And as long as he kind of continues to be comfortable in the flow of the game, as long as he he keeps up with the speed of the game and everything like that, and, and if he can stay out of foul trouble as much as he can, he, he's going to be extremely important for Indiana. He's going to be a guy who can change the way they, they kind of approach the whole game, honestly. I mean, they just haven't had a true center in, in years, and um, I, I think they're going to they're gonna love having him there. They, they've already – players have already talked about, you know, just how much things flow when he's out there and how much they can rely on him and, and how much fun it is to play next to him, basically. So – um, I think he can he can make a huge impact. It's just a matter of um, of him constantly developing through games and, and growing as as you expect a, a McDonald's All American to do as a freshman. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And and kind of spinning off of off of the front court here. Um, obviously, Bryant falls into this category, but a lot of newcomers on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple coming in as transfers. Um, you know, we talked about Beefeld a little bit. Um, I believe we hit on just about all the new recruits coming in. Um, but, but do you want to take a second to just kind of hit on uh, who's coming in, who should fans should keep a wa- an eye on this year? Because um, obviously, you know, not everybody is up to date on the all the recruiting decisions and, right. and all the new guys coming in. But uh, can you hit on uh, what to expect out of this class uh, this year and, and long term? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Bryant is a guy who can who can impact you today. He, he's a guy who can go in and he, he can start and he can impact you immediately. Um, the other two guys, the, the other two main guys in that recruiting class are Jawan Morgan, who's a forward. They're both out of Missouri. Uh, Jawan Morgan, um, you know, he's 6'7", 205 out of, out of Missouri. And, and he, um, well, he's, he's more like 6'9", if you count his hair, because uh, it's it's huge. Um, but he, <laughs> he gives Indiana in, in a little bit of... Um, a little bit of an offensive option, and he's um, he's a little bit of a rebounder. Obviously, he's he's a bigger guy, and that's kind of what they've got him for. But um, with Morgan, I, it's more of kind of a, a down the road kind of thing. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna have to play you know ten to twelve minutes a game this year, just because you know like like we said earlier, there just aren't that many bodies in the front court. Um, so he's gonna have to to go in and play a little bit of the four, a little bit of the five, as um, as Bryant you know, has to go and take a rest or has foul trouble or things like that. And I think he can. I mean, it's it, in the non-conference, I think he'll be fine. Um, he's he's pretty athletic. He's he's pretty smart, um, you know, as far as freshmen go. But then when, when you get into Big Ten play and when you're playing guys who are just bigger and more experienced and um, and are just smarter than you, basically, um, I, I think he'll struggle a little bit. I think he'll be... Um, um, really kind of battling down there in the post. And um, he, he's going to play hard. I mean, he's going to have a chance to, to get some serious minutes as a freshman. So he, he has no reason to slack off or anything like that. So he, I think he's going he's to work hard. He's going to earn his minutes. Um, and, and he'll be kind of the next guy um, behind Brian Bielfeldt um, and, and Colin Hartman a little bit um, in that front court. 
And then OG Ananobi um, is another guy who's out of Missouri. He's a freshman. Um, or he's a he's a forward. You know, six eight. And um, he almost I don't know he, he he almost plays a little bit smaller than Morgan just because he's um, athletic enough where he can go out on the on the perimeter and he can to give him the ball you know at the elbow or at the, at the top of the key and see what he can do uh, with the ball in his hands to kind of kind of slash inside and things like that. So he's he's another guy who's very very athletic but very very raw. I mean we saw in the um, I, I think we've kind of gotten a, a good uh, summation of him so far in the. Uh, in the open scrimmage last week, he he had a huge game. He was the league, or he was the second leading scorer. Um, he had a, a couple of really nice dunks. He had a three. Um, was playing really really good defense. And then in the exhibition game the other night, he committed three fouls in two minutes. Um, so he, it, it's very much of a freshman um, situation for him, where he's going to play a few minutes a game, maybe. I mean, it's it, he'll have a chance to to battle for minutes in the front court just because. You know, like we said a couple times, there just aren't that many people up there. Um, but he's definitely a guy who, down the line, is going to be really good for Indiana. Like, as a junior, you know, Ananobi is going to be going to be really solid. But but as a freshman, he's going to be very much a role player. He's going to be um, in the rotation a little bit, uh, maybe not as much during Big Ten play. Um, but but he's he's a capable enough guy. He's okay for a few minutes a game, something like that. But He's much more of a of a project for down the road. Um, and then in terms of other guys who have who've come in, um, there's another transfer, Josh Newkirk from Pittsburgh. Um, he's not eligible to play this season because of transfer rules, but um, you know, he gives Indiana a little bit of an option um, at the guard position next year. You know, when they're going to be losing Yogi Ferrell, so um, he's going to be interesting. He's going to, you know, at this point, he's going to provide just competition in in practice and things like that. But but down the line, again. Um, he's a guy who's going to project to be part of Indiana's future plans. Mm, yeah, yeah, he's an interesting guy that that I think a lot of people are overlooking, and um, he he could be the perfect guy to kind of slot in there, you know, as as Farrell uh, moves on to likely the NBA. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but yeah, um, a uh, a really talented recruiting class going to potentially lift Indiana up to that next level. Um, but to kind of, I guess, take a step back into some more general stuff this year, um, Indiana's schedule, uh, it looks extremely intriguing on paper, uh, looks difficult, some massive, massive games. Um, fan, fans, you know, I, I'd say about by this point, most people know kind of what to expect out of Big Ten play, um, you know, most of the teams, you know, who you're going to get, but um, in terms of non-conference play, Indiana has some major games. You know, they face Duke, they face Notre Dame, uh, Creighton. Um, they're going to go to, uh, I believe, Maui. Um, Maui, yeah. Yep, yeah, some some interesting teams there. Uh, what do you expect out of, out of non-conference play? Um, you know, obviously that Duke game is going to be tough, but do you think do you think the Hoosiers have a chance to run the table out, outside of that game? Uh, they have a chance. I, I think they're still um... – I mean, there there are a couple of good teams on that schedule. I mean, you mentioned Creighton at home is kind of it's too bad that um, yeah, you know, and not a slight at all to Creighton, but Indiana does have a really good non-conference schedule. It's the best that they've had in years uh, because Indiana's really taken a lot of heat for scheduling a lot of kind of cupcakey um, non-conference games where they just blow people out and don't really develop that much of the team. Uh, but this year they, they've they've added a lot of those tough games, but they're all away from Bloomington. I mean, Indiana doesn't really have a a huge 
non-conference home game. I mean, Creighton is kind of the, the big highlight of, of that home schedule, and, and Creighton's a decent team, and, and, and they'll push Indiana. Certainly, um, the, the thing about, you know, possibly running the table, things like that, um, it, it's going to be tough in Maui. I mean, there, there are a couple of very good teams there. I mean, the, Wake Forest, I think, is, is already experiencing some um, injury kind of setbacks and things like that. That's their first opponent. But then they're going to play the winner of St. John's and Vanderbilt in the second round. And that's, um, you know, those are two pretty interesting teams, um, two teams that can um, that can challenge you. I mean, Vanderbilt is, is really interesting. But, um, you know, you look at some of the other teams in that in that field, I mean, they, can, they could possibly play Kansas or UCLA. Um, so it, it's that's going to be a great test for them. And that, that's going to help them so much going into, into Big Ten play. Um, It'll be interesting to see how they respond to playing, you know, away from Assembly Hall because Indiana plays so well here in Bloomington. But, um, yeah, outside of that Duke game, I mean, the, the Notre Dame game is going to be tough. Um, you know, those in-state games are always kind of fun. That that The event that they have in Indianapolis, the Crossroads Classic, where they have uh, Notre Dame, Indiana, Purdue, and Butler um, all kind of play each other. Uh, it's really fun, and it's always kind of um, – it's always a big atmosphere there. I mean, people come out and it's really fun. So that that's always a tough game because it's just you know it's not it's on a little bit bigger of a stage. But um, this non-conference schedule is going to help them so much because I mean, in past years Indiana starts off well. You know they have a really good record um, going into Big Ten play and then halfway through Big Ten play. You know they look like a really good team in like January, and then they fade a little bit down the stretch and and they kind of stumble into the gates uh, at the end of the season. I mean they. They were tied for first in the Big Ten, uh, I think, at, at, in mid to late January last year, and then ended up really falling off. And I think they only won uh, five of their last 15 games, something like that. I mean, it's, um, they've had that problem. And I think this non-conference schedule tests them a little bit more. I think it shows them how to win tough games and win in tough um, situations, in tough you know physical locations, and then it, just against tough teams. And that Duke game is going to be great for them. Uh, and playing in Maui in a tournament setting in, you know, out of their comfort zone, certainly, uh, that's going to help them so much. And I, I think that's um, going to make for just a, a more mentally mature team because that's that's been a problem in recent years where this, this team kind of loses focus and it, it just doesn't play that well in February or March or late in the season or, or even against big opponents on the road. I mean, they've always struggled on the road in Big Ten play. So um, I, I think that's this non-conference schedule is going to help them out a little bit with that and just to teach them and show them what it takes to, to compete with, with really good teams on the road in tournament settings, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, um, obviously some, some tough matchups, you know, Kansas and Notre Dame are definitely not teams to, to take lightly, but, yeah. um, yeah, but it, it, it is going to be interesting. And, and, um, uh, I like that you brought up, you know, sometimes they, they have gotten off to those, those fast starts and, um, I don't want to say they left the foot off the, off the gas, but, you know, just kind of fade as the year went on. So this will be a, a big test, you know, if they can win some of those, those early games, it'd be huge. And I mean, obviously a, a road win over Duke would, would be massive, yeah. you know, uh, very, very difficult and probably unlikely to happen, but who knows, you know, you never mm-hmm. know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but moving on from that, you know, one before we get into kind of the the predictions here, I did have one just kind of general question. Um, I did want to put out there: uh, Indiana as a team last year, you know, we talked about um, they weren't a bubble team, but I'd say they were they were kind of a slot just above that. 
um, where they, they did get in kind of comfortably, but there was a little pressure <laughs> on Selection Sunday. Um, and, and the big thing, you know, you talked about they were an elite offensive team, but really were not a great defensive team. And a lot of people are concerned, you know, freshman big man is going to kind of be the, the shot blocker up front, you know, McDonald's All-American or not, you know, some people are concerned with that. And the fact that a lot of the team comes back, you know, how much can they improve? Do you, how, how much better do you think the defense is gonna, going to get? And and secondly, how much better does it have to get? Because, I mean, this offense looks outstanding. You know, it looks to like one of the nation's best. Um, do they have to have a great defense to, to contend in the Big Ten this year? I think that's kind of the same answer as, as looking at the IU football team in the past, you know, five or six years is the defense doesn't have to be great. It just has to be good enough um, because Indiana's going to score. I mean, they're going to shoot. They're going to score. They're going to, um, you know, they have multiple options every night who can go for, for 20 points, for 25 points. Um, so really all they need to do, I mean, they, they need to stop, um, you know, they, they need to stop teams late in games, uh, they need to to be able to shut down um, key key opposing players, and, and that's the thing that um, Tom Crean is very good at, at game planning for individual players. I mean, um, a few years ago when when Trey Burke was had his big year, I mean Indiana did a really really good job against him in the games that they played against him, and and, and so you know even against when you're going against one of the best you know the best player in the country, one of the best players in the country, they, they've done a good job of kind of singling out one guy and slowing him down but then someone else is going to hurt them. And so they've um, just from a team level, um, because they basically they've just not had more than one or two really good defenders over the past two years. Um, so they need a few guys to, to be decent defenders, basically. They don't need, um, you know, the defensive player of the year in the Big Ten or anything like that, but they just need a few guys who can, who can rebound on the on defensive end to not allow for second-chance points. Um, and they need to be able to, uh, play with a little bit more pressure on the ball on the perimeter because um, basically the, the past couple of years, you know, like I was saying earlier, they they kind of play a little bit more off the ball just so they don't get beat uh, and, and so they don't get um, you know taken to the rim basically. Um, but this year they can they can play a little bit more a little bit more pressure on the on the perimeter and they they were going to be tested um, the other night um, that they played Ottawa, which is the, the number one ranked team in Canada actually, uh, and a team that actually beat Indiana last summer when Indiana did a full Canadian tour. Um, but Ottawa came in shooting 40%, or I think above 40% from three. So that was going to be a huge test, and Indiana shut them down. Um, they only shot, shot um, in five for 26 uh, from behind the arc. So that was, I mean, that's kind of an, a little bit of an indication that, that they could be playing better. But, you know, just watching that game, there were a lot of open shots that Ottawa just missed. So it, it's kind of hard to get a read on, on whether Indiana was – was playing much better there if they were, um, you know, able to get a little bit more pressure on the ball um, or if Ottawa was just missing all the shots, which kind of seemed to be the case. But basically, I mean, to answer your question, they just need to be decent. They need to get a little bit better. And I think they are better. Um, it's just hard to tell how much better because they couldn't be a whole lot worse than the defense was last year. I mean, they are just getting beat all over the court. Um, they're, I, I think they're better. They're more focused. Uh, they've, they've really taken it to heart during the offseason because they know that the offense is there, the shots are there. Um, they just need to be able to stop some people. So I think that's been basically the main focus of their offseason. And um, like you mentioned, having Bryant back there to be a rim protector and, and a, a shot blocker, 
um, helps them immensely. So I think they're they're better. Uh, it's hard to tell how much better at this point. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, that that's probably going to be the the storyline to watch overall <laughs> with this team. But uh, but yeah, but with that, why don't, why don't we get into the uh, the juicy part of the podcast here? Uh, season predictions. Uh, what do you expect on Indiana this year? Uh, where do you see them kind of fitting into the Big Ten picture? And um, I believe you already said it, but I was you know what postseason tournament do you expect? How far can they go? Um, what are your predictions for the for the Hoosiers this year? Yeah, it. Um, I I think this this definitely has a uh, this team definitely has the potential to be one of the best in the Big Ten. Uh, I, I think, you know, Maryland is is kind of the class of the Big Ten at this point. Um, they're, I mean, they're they're just stacked, uh, and they played really well last year. Um, but I think Indiana can can compete for that number two spot. I think they can they can be right up there. Um, you know, they can get there. Um, I think probably. I mean, Michigan State is going to be really good. Purdue is a little bit, I think, underrated. Um, but Michigan State is going to be good. You, you can never discount Bo Ryan at Wisconsin, whether or not he lost, you know, Frank Kaminsky and, and Sam Decker or not. He, he's just going to – he's always going to figure out ways to win. Uh, Michigan's going to be improved. I really like what I see out of them. Uh, but I think Indiana can, can be right up there. I think they can be second or third in the Big Ten, um, you know, battling there with, with Michigan State, with, with Purdue, with, with Wisconsin. If things go right for Indiana, if they – score like they scored last season if they play a little bit better defense, if Thomas Bryant is kind of the, the, the player that, that Indiana hopes that he is and, and thinks that he is, I think I think Indiana can definitely be be right up there, um, you know, second or third in the Big Ten. Um, in terms of, of postseason things, uh, I, this is definitely a tournament team, an NCAA tournament team. Um, it, and if it isn't, it's, it's kind of unforgivable. <laughs> I mean, th- there's enough talent here to <laughs> – uh, to compete for, you know, an Elite Eight, Final Four type thing, um, just because, you know, they're not the deepest team ever, so that they might kind of run out of gas a little bit at the end of the season like we've seen in recent years. But, I mean, those starters are really good. I mean, that backcourt, you know, Farrell and Blackman is one of the best backcourt combinations, like you said, in the country. Um, they can score like crazy. And, and so I, I think they can kind of carry – a couple of those players can really carry Indiana uh, on a deep run. I mean, if, if James Blackman – is really hot in the big, in the um, you know at the end of the season. I think he can kind of fuel them to you know we've seen what one great player can do in terms of like a postseason run. And, and so if if Blackman catches fire, if Farrell catches fire, if, if Bryant or Williams or one of those guys just starts playing out of his mind at the end of the season, um, you know the, the team is is capable enough to I, I think really make a run. And um, in terms of how far they get, I mean. I, it depends on the draw a little bit um, because, you know, sometimes Indiana just goes up against really crappy matchups. I mean, they could have been a Final Four team uh, a few years ago if they weren't in Syracuse's bracket. I mean, that was just such a bad matchup for them. So, um, you know, it, it always kind of depends at the end of the season when you get up there. But I, I think there's definitely a Sweet 16, Elite Eight kind of team uh, just because of how well they score the ball uh, and the kind of talent that they have there. I mean, the ceiling is very high, very, very high for this team. Um, it, it's a um, if everything goes exactly right, I mean, it's the Final Four team. But if, um, you know, we live in the real world and real things happen. So it, it's, I, I would say it's probably, I would say maybe Elite Eight. I, I think this is a team that can win at a pretty high level and, and be in, be Tom Crean's most successful Indiana team. I, mean, I, I don't think they're going to win the the Big Ten regular season, um, you know, title as they did a few years ago. But, um 
I, I think they're they're built well. I think for a uh, for a postseason run, if everyone stays healthy, if they um, don't kind of run out of steam at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much in in complete agreement right here. Uh, my my prediction for them is is second in the Big Ten. I I don't. I, I I think you know I oh I, I don't want to get too much into Maryland because you know we already mm-hmm. we already did their podcast but um you know it's just you know like like you said they their roster is just so stacked it, you just can't pick against them it's just if you yeah. are it's just totally on a gut feel and nothing more but um but yeah I think the Indiana team has much talent um and as much uh elite you know talent where you know you're talking about multiple guys who could end up on the all big 10 team. You're talking about, you know, Bryant who, you know, I I don't think he'll win it, but he's going to have a shot at big 10 freshman of the year. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about four, you know, maybe five guys, you know, probably four, but uh, guys who are going to play at a very, very high level. So I I think this team's going to be about second in the, in the big 10. I'm very curious. You know, we talked about the non-conference schedule to see how they perform against, you know, Kansas Mm -hmm. and Duke. Right now, I kind of I think this team is on the verge of top ten ish status, but you know that those games are obviously going to tell us tell us a lot about that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm I'm in total agreement. I I think this is a Sweet Sixteen team at least, and after that, you know, a, a, as you said, you know, it's all about matchups. It's all about you know who ends up, uh, <laughs> you know, like um, you know, one of the teams last year, obviously one of the Big Ten's Final Four teams was Michigan State, and um, I don't think they had an easy draw at all, but, you know, Villanova goes down, you know, some of those teams go mm-hmm. down and suddenly, you know, the door opens up. Uh, or you could be, you know, Arizona and you end up in Wisconsin's bracket. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, not to get too off topic, but yeah, you ne- you never know. But I think this is going to be one of the Big Ten's best teams. Obviously, the offense is going to be great. Um, I think they're going to they're going to have to find out how to work that front court depth. You know, as I said, I'm, I'm not the the biggest fan of Beefeld, if they can play him off the bench, I think that would be the best thing for Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they if they do have to play him for ma- major minutes, I think that's going to be a bit concerning. But but overall, I, I think there's a very good team uh, that's going to make some serious serious noise this year. But um, but yeah yeah, it should it should be an interesting year. Uh, Alex, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, any final thoughts on Indiana, the Big Ten, uh, college basketball? I guess as we for the season here. I'm just excited for it, man. I mean, we're uh, we're a few days away from from the season actually starting, and and you know, it's not like Indiana's season opener is, is super exciting against Eastern Illinois, but it's um, it's just fun to to have basketball back. It's fun to to go up to Assembly Hall every few days now, and and uh, you know, it's a great arena. It's fun to it's a great atmosphere. Um, it's uh, it's 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 a good feeling to have to have college basketball back. So I'm, I'm excited for the season. It should be a really good one in the Big Ten. I mean. It's, it's been competitive, very, very competitive for years, and it should be another, another really interesting year. With, I mean, there are just so many interesting storylines with, with how Maryland has has kind of emerged, you know, in in its first couple of years in the Big Ten, and um, you know, to see what Indiana can do, to see what Purdue can do with, with all of its, you know, seven footers, and and you know, if they can play, um, it, it's just, uh, it's going to be an interesting season. It's going to be really fun to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts uh, in my opinion. You know, it's just you're gonna have you know Tuesday night where you're gonna have like two ranked matchups. It's just it's just gonna be yeah. crazy. Um, 
But yeah, one one final question before you go here, uh, for my own personal reasons. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do you see out of Indiana, Michigan this weekend uh, on the football field? Uh, I'm I'm very excited for the game. So curious on your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's uh, you know Michigan obviously comes in as as the better team, and and you know the thing about Indiana is you know they played three big they played three top ten teams. Uh, so far in the season in, in Ohio State, Michigan State, and then Iowa this past trip yesterday. Um, and they've played well against them. They just can't finish. I mean, they they just basically haven't played in the fourth quarter in the Big Ten. Um, they, they, they've faded hard late. So, uh, you know, if, if Michigan fans are, are worried going into the fourth quarter against Indiana, you know, if Indiana's <laughs> leading or if it's close or something, I, I think they might be able to relax a little bit, um, quite <laughs> frankly. I mean, until Indiana proves otherwise um, – you know, I, I just I see them as a team that just really falters down the stretch, and, and for whatever reason, I mean, they're in really good shape. Um, they just have a really they have a tough time executing in the fourth quarter, and and, um, and Michigan's playing well. I mean, I think you know you saw they did what Jake Rudock and Michigan did to to Rutgers this past weekend, and um, they, they look like they're they're really starting to you know because obviously they started off the season playing well, but um, they're really they seem to be absolutely legit and I think that um they're they know they're a good team they 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 seem like they're almost playing with a chip on their shoulder after what happened against against Michigan State so um that they've been just a really fun team to watch you know the the Harbaugh storyline has been a really fun one to follow um so it's uh I'm excited for that game too it's going to be really fun yeah, yeah, I, I had I had to get that out there just to just to hear your thoughts on, on that one for my own reasons. But but Alex, right, thanks absolutely. for joining us. Yeah, we appreciate your time and, and look forward to uh, uh, the season. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Hope we can do it again sometime. Yeah, definitely. Thanks again. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, <laughs> I looked like I I cut him off a little early there. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, that was uh, Alex McCarthy from Two Four Seven Sports. Uh, Great, great analyst on Indiana. Obviously covers football, basketball. Um, you know, two four seven does a lot of recruiting, so definitely check him out over there if you're an Indiana fan or just a uh, a Big Ten fan interested in in what's going on with the Hoosiers. But um, again, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're coming up on college basketball here soon. Uh, I'm Thomas Bendit, uh, manager of BTP uh, BTP Powerhouse. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at tbendit and and thank you all for your time and we'll be back with some more coverage uh, in the next day or two on on the Spartans. Thanks, bye.